Do you want me to tell you the step-by-step process that will change your sugar consumption forever? Well, too bad, because in episode four of the Sugar Addict Coach podcast, I explained that I can't possibly know exactly what's best for you, so I'll tell you how to figure it out. Hello, my sweet friends. The question on the table today is what's the best way to make lasting change? (laughs) And that's actually a trick question because it's different for different people. So how do we find out what is the best way for us uniquely and specifically to make a real change? Honestly, the best way is to experiment. We observe ourselves and we discover what works. So that means the actual answer to what's the best way to make lasting change is to experiment. And you might not be happy to hear that. I'm sure you were hoping I would give you a definitive formula that you can easily follow. I'm so sorry. That isn't exactly what I can offer you, but I do have a path for you to discover what works for you. And that is to experiment without expectation and in curiosity. Truth is, There are lots of different ways to change, and maybe you've tried lots of them. If you've been struggling with your sugar intake for a while, I'll bet you've tried lots of things. I ask my clients to tell me what they've tried before, and they all have a long list. And I always love it when they share these long lists with me because I know they are really ready to find a real solution because all those other things haven't worked. And the thing is, my way is not any kind of easy shortcut. It's kind of a long cut, actually, but it's going exactly where we need to go to really find the answers, the answers for you. So when my clients have tried challenges and diets and Weight Watchers and lots of things, I know that they're already coming at me with so much self-knowledge and we start to use it immediately. I ask, why did you try that? What did you like about it? What were the obstacles? Why did you give up? boy, that information is golden and it leads right to my favorite strategy to make any change. I personally use this anytime I want to break a habit, create a new habit, go in a different direction, set a big delicious goal or whatever. My strategy is this fun experimentation without pressure and letting go of disappointment. And it really inevitably leads to discovery, like self-discovery. The trick here is in the way you dive into your experiments, because the result we want really is the learning, because it will lead to the result eventually, the main goal. And you must enter into the experiment with absolute certainty that there's no failure per se, because every experiment will result in some kind of discovery. And that discovery, that result will inch you closer to what you really seek, maybe giving up sugar, cutting down on your sugar. It really, really will. I'm sure you can see how this can be true, that it's possible, right? Even if the experiment doesn't turn out exactly how you'd hope, you can still learn from it, right? But the reality is we've been trained and we've gotten very, very good at being disappointed or discouraged or frustrated when things don't go perfectly as planned. We're vigorously trained not to fail in school And we love the illusion of control that we've created when we think that we know how things should go. Certainty, we are convinced, right, will calm our anxiety. But that's not really true at all. If we set it up for ourselves that the only way to avoid avoid anxiety is to have everything go as planned, that's a very narrow path to a calm, happy life. You only have one way to get to that satisfied place. 
But imagine if any outcome was okay and even welcome. The truth is that expectations are what lead to disappointment and frustration or discouragement. Think about that. We have these narrow expectations labeled as correct. And if we didn't have those, we wouldn't create our disappointment, our frustration, our discouragement. (laughs) I can practically hear you yelling at me through your podcast app. Expectations are normal, Helena. In fact, I have to have expectations. I have to know what's going on. They're necessary. They uphold my standards. And without standards, I would be a lazy slob who eats everything in sight. But would you? I would question that. Really, would you? You obviously don't want to do that. How do I know? You're here right now of your own free will, listening to this podcast, unless you're related to me or one of my friends that I've roped into making you listen. (laughs) That's evidence that you want something different for your life in regards to sugar. It really isn't your expectations or your standards or your willpower that's making you listen to this podcast. It is your genuine desire to live a different life and feel different around sugar. So acknowledge that fact, own that fact. I'm going to tell you an important secret that you may not believe, but it is very useful and actually sustainable. You make different choices when you have confidence in yourself that you'll figure it out. And you don't create a bunch of unnecessary negative emotions by beating yourself up when you don't meet your expectations, when you fail, or you perceive that you will fail, or you call it a failure. Then you create these negative emotions for yourself, like frustration, discouragement, disappointment, And then because those emotions usually trigger an avalanche of harsh criticism that buries you so deep, it feels like the only choice you have, the only choice that seems reasonable is to dig yourself out with a spoon in an ice cream carton. So let's try a new way, the way that leaves right and wrong outside the door and is full of observation and curiosity. And those are the emotions that lead to useful discoveries about ourselves. And we have to understand ourselves to make lasting change that works for us. Because like I said, we are all unique, special snowflakes and all that. I'm often surprised and embarrassed (laughs) when I get to know my clients. I have initial sessions with them and I make lots of suggestions because they really don't trust themselves. They have come to me for expert guidance. So I give them ideas. I have a whole bunch of ideas to share. But as we work together, they will come up with the most unique and specific solutions to their obstacles. And I again realize that I don't know what is right for them at all. I'll admit it here. I do not actually know the best way for you to live, eat, respond to requests, deal with that situation, deal with the other situation. I only get to help my clients discover what could work. And then they go back into their lives and they try it out. I apply the strategy to my clients, but I couldn't teach it if I didn't really apply it in my own life. I try new things a lot from the position of, okay, let's see if this works. And it is a thousand percent okay if it does not. What I sometimes find that's fascinating is that even now, even after all the work I've done, I can't always predict what will happen. You think I know myself pretty well. I coach myself every day. I have a coach. I observe my thoughts. And I've been doing this work for years. But sometimes I am completely surprised. For example, for years, I've been trying to create a consistent strength training routine. 
I used to love running, but I kept getting injured. And I knew that part of the reason that I kept getting injured is because I was only running and I needed to add in some strength training basically to keep me strong, you know, to keep me from injury. So I've tried all kinds of things. I've tried working out in the morning. I've tried my home gym. I've tried going to the gym. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've been trying things with varying success for literal years. And one day, one of my friends said to me, oh yeah, we're going to this class at 6 a.m. It's at this gym that's a mile and a half from my house. Do you want to join? We go every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's 45-minute strength class, and the instructor's really great. And I immediately said, hell no, no way, because I had tried getting up early to work out before, and that's not what I want to do first thing in the morning. I want to sit and drink my tea and journal and pet my dog. So I immediately said no. And then, because I know myself, and then I thought about it a little more, I haven't tried this before. This gym is super close to my house, couldn't be closer. I don't ever have anything on my schedule at 6 a.m., so nothing will ever conflict. And I get to see some of my favorite people each morning. So I decided to give it a try. And (laughs) to my astonishment, I really, well, I'm not going to say that I liked it because working out is hard, but I really felt like it was sustainable. And there were a lot of things I liked about it, like seeing my friends and being up early. When I get home, I still have an hour or two before I have to launch into my day. So I still get my tea time. So here I am five months later. I still go to that class three days a week, feeling stronger than ever. And I feel a shift in my identity that this is what I do now. And no one is more surprised than me. It was such a reinforcement of this whole strategy of experimentation. And it was delightful to discover that this is possible for me when it felt like for years that it was impossible, truly. So that's my story about strength training, but What's not included in that story is the constant experimenting that I've been doing for years. And how did I make that fun and easy? It was a tricky puzzle, but I'm so glad that I didn't get so discouraged that I gave up on experimenting. I didn't make myself a failure when I didn't figure it out. Like I would work out for a few weeks and then peter off. I just took that info in and observed I hadn't found the way that worked for me yet. It was tempting to give into the frustration and disappointment And I'll admit that sometimes my mind would try to tell me that I just would never be able to figure this out because I'm lazy or unmotivated or undisciplined or whatever insult that I could think of. And that will happen. That's normal. My human brain wanted to give up and blame myself. And brains are pattern spotting machines. And it was spotting a pattern, right? (laughs) That's for sure. You can see how much easier in the short term it would have been to just throw my hands up in the air and give myself a crappy label like lazy or unmotivated or undisciplined and stop experimenting. But the cost of that is too high long-term. I would feel awful and I'd feel obligated to live up to that label for years to come. So I would continue doing things that reinforce that label. And that's another little point that we'll get to later is the labels we put on ourselves, our identity we take on. It's so powerful. So I know that you're listening to a podcast by the Sugar Addict Coach, but I hope you don't feel that the Sugar Addict label is something that you can never escape. Try to wiggle that. Try to loosen that a bit. I never actually want to call you a sugar addict. So when you're tempted to throw in the towel and trying new things and stick that label on with super glue, remind yourself that you can still keep experimenting. There's still a lot to learn about yourself. There's lots to try, 
There's lots to discover. And if you can, start looking forward to that continued discovery. So the story of my years-long pursuit of a regular strength training routine could be told as a series of frustrations. I tried this, it didn't stick. I tried the other thing, I hated it. I tried so many times. And then it was as simple as my friend invited me to a class and I like it now. But how I choose to tell the story to myself is this. I tried one thing and I discovered I didn't like that. I tried this other thing and figured out that that was too boring for me. I tried this other thing and I was too lonely. I discovered that. But then because I was still open to discovery, I said yes to a class with my friend and it finally clicked into my, into place. The sum of all that experience is now I have a consistent routine and I know why that's the very best way for me. I tell the story like that on purpose to remember that experimentation is fun. It's useful. And I'll eventually get where I want to go if I keep trying. So how will this help you as you make changes to your habit of over-desiring sugar? First, compile all you've learned so far that hasn't worked and acknowledge that you keep trying and learning and growing. That's significant. Congratulate yourself. Pat yourself on the back. Now your attitude going forward can be one of openness and even maybe eagerness (laughs) to try something new. And you might find the right path for you right away. Or you might slowly work your way towards more self-knowledge and sugar freedom by trying things that don't work. But this is the perspective that I'd like you to bring, curiosity. As I detail the six skills you must master in the next several episodes, don't tense up and try to do them all right and perfectly. Use the principles to see how they'll help you and fit into your life. Yes, you need all six skills, but the way you learn and live them is unique to you. So that is where I want you to apply this curious experimental perspective. I know these six skills will work and do work, but what I don't know and you don't know yet is how to incorporate them in your life. So when I say prepare or plan, for some people, that's a detailed list of exactly what they'll eat that day. And for others, that's adding yummy non-sugar treats to your shopping list so that you have options when you feel snackish. Neither is better than the other. There is no hierarchy of more perfect, more disciplined, or more correct. For one person, having exactly what they're going to eat written down is calming, and it frees up their mind to think about other things besides what am I going to eat next. For others, they don't want that structure. That would prompt them to rebel. They know they've discovered that they have a particular time of day that is hard and they battle feelings of boredom, maybe, or self-pity or whatever. And if they deprive themselves at that time, they know they'll rebel so they keep other snacks handy. I mean, sometimes even unhealthy ones so they can feel indulgent, indulged, but not fall down the slippery slope of sugar, sugar, more sugar. So you can see that different things work for different people. So I'm going to encourage you to really try different things without even the labels of good, better, best, but only what is helpful keeps you from feeling helpless around sugar and builds trust with yourself. That's the goal. So have fun experimenting and I'll talk to you soon. So you listened to the whole episode and maybe you're left wondering, but how does this apply to me, Helena? Glad you asked. Sign up for a free coaching call and we can talk about it. I work with people one-on-one and I want to give you a taste of that by actually helping you for 30 minutes. 
So go to my website, thesugaraddictcoach.com and get on my schedule. Talk to you soon.